0: Good morning, church. Can you just do a little bit better than that? (laughs) Come on. Pastor says, love is patient, love is kind. Show your kindness. (laughs) Good morning, church. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I have a story to tell. Years ago, I ran into a friend I had not seen for a long time in the New York City Public School. We were both working. We hugged each other, we, 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 we played around a little bit, and he asked me, Felix, what have you been up to these days? I said, well, oh, same old stuff. He said, I think you should start your own business. That's what I just did. He said, your employer doesn't know much about special education than you do, so you should start your own business. So he gave me the website to the New York State program of applications. So I I gathered all the information together. Uh, I put them in a binder two-inch thick and made several copies, which is what they wanted. Because I spent so much work on it, I didn't want to use the U.S. Postal uh, Service to send them to Albany, so I drove all the way to Albany. (laughs) So I got there, I handed them over. Came home waiting for months, five months, no answer. So I drove back to Albany. (laughs) So the lady at the desk said, "Uh, excuse me, you have an appointment? I said, no. He said, so what do you want? So I told her. She called this guy, and then I heard him talking. He said, he has no appointment. So I sat there waiting for a long time. And then finally he came out angrily. Uh, can I help you? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, what do you want? I said, I sent him my applications five months ago, and up to now I'm still waiting. There is no answer. He said, so, so, so that's why you're here? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, follow me. So I went in with him into this inner room, and he showed me shelves of applications with binders and documents held together with rubber bands. <laughs> he said, so you see? These are people's application, they be here. So you can see that yours is gonna take a long time to get to. So as he was leaving, I said, excuse me, what's your name? He gave me his name, I said, okay, wait. This is my business card. Now, I'm gonna wait two weeks. If I don't get a a, a report on my application, I'm coming to camp in your reception area until somebody answers my questions. You know what happened? Ten days later, I got a letter. (laughs) And then two months later, the application was approved. Why am I telling you this story this morning? Because we have some issues to deal with. First of all, let me just warn you. I have the tendency to speak very fast. That is natural for me. So, my wife always tells me, slow down. So, just to warn you, you're going to be for a long ride this morning. (laughs) So, if you don't hear me, if you don't know what I said, just elbow your person next to you and say, what did he say? (laughs) Good. We have been going through this uh, scripture, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And... We have been packed on chapter 30, verse um, from the verse, first verse to the last verse, just talking about love. And Pastor has coined it the summer of love. It's about cultiv- uh, cultivating the attributes of God's love so that His love flows through us, outward, to all our relationships beloved, God's love is good for us and our relationships. If we want the love of God, we must draw it from the God of love. Last week, Pastor Brian spoke about the love leads. Eight things love does not do. They are the kind of things that get in the way of us loving the way we ought to love and the way those around us want to be loved. He removed three leads, the leads of envy, boasting, and arrogance, so that God's love habitually flows from us to everyone we encounter. I am here today to pop two more leads, the leads of rude and insisting on our own way. So please open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And let's read from verses 4 through 7. The Bible says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. Or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Oh, hallelujah. Beloved, please be aware that when we are rude and insist on our own ways, we are often called selfish, self serving, self directed. Or self-centered. Here they mean the same thing. I will not be sincere with you if I don't tell you that I didn't get angry, frustrated, or irritated during my experience at the New York State office. That often happens when we experience behaviors that are rude and self-centered. But have you noticed that being rude and insisting on our own ways? are both rooted in the self. It goes against the kind of love we are called to demonstrate in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is God's love. God's love is not self-serving. It's not inwards towards us. It is loving directed outwards towards others. Beloved, realize that it is impossible for us to show God's love unless he helps us to put aside our selfish desires so that we can love without expecting anything in return. So what causes us to be rude and always insist on our way? Some people think that one root causes cause is our sinful nature, If we consider what Paul said in Romans chapter 3, 23, that we all have sinned and fall short of God's glory, it is no surprise that our natural bent in relationships is to be rude, selfish, or self-centered. Even Christians, we are most often tempted to manifest the deeds of the flesh that are under the fruits of the spirit, as in Galatians 5. People say that we are rude and self-seeking because we grew up in homes where all we saw was rudeness and selfish behavior. Those of us that grew up in such families fail to know there is a different way to live and relate. The result is that we grow up living the life we have seen and learned from our parents or close family members. Some think It is simply because of bad habits. We may have good parental examples, but grew up in competitive environments where we learn to succeed by being ruthless and having the last word. And some say it's insecurity. Which drives us to want to control every situation and circumstance. Therefore, our way of life is to become rude Domineering and authoritarian. You should like my way of saying rude this morning, right? (laughs) Now, we hate to fail. So even as believers, we may resort to unattractive behaviors to protect ourselves from failing. Finally, we may be bitter. And this bitter spirit creates in us feelings of anger, rudeness, and self-centeredness. These may be directed towards our family members, or we generalize them to include everyone that crosses our path. Beloved, no matter the root cause, know that all of us struggle with rudeness and self-centeredness. They are human behaviors that most, if not all of us, here today have experienced and continue to struggle with rudeness and self-centeredness raise their ugly heads in several ways. It may be behaviors that are unbecoming, embarrassing, or downright distasteful. It may be foul mouths or the habit of making sarcastic remarks. When we are courteous and practice selflessness, we raise the respect level of people around us. We show that we value people enough to exercise self-control around them. Isn't it funny that our behaviors at home can be different from the kind we show to friends and strangers? For example, we may be barking and pouting around the house all day, refusing to talk to anybody until the front doorbell rings. Suddenly, the barking stops. The pouting stops. Ugliness disappears from our faces we shut our foul mouths and welcome the visitor with a pleasant smile. Why do we fake pleasantness to visitors or strangers? Because we do not allow God's love to make the necessary change in our behavior. When we are motivated by God's love, we intentionally behave in ways that are pleasant for people to be around us. We consciously avoid Thieves that frustrate others or cause them discomfort. In 2 Samuel chapter 16 verses 5 to 8, we read that King David fled from his son Absalom, who the Bible says stole the house of the men of Israel and conspired to drive his father from his throne. David was at his lowest point of his life as a father and as a king. When King David and his people reached Bahurim, Shimei, a man of the family of Saul, caused the king nonstop. He threw stones at him and his supporters. Shimei shouted, get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. The Lord put on you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has given the kingdom to your son, Absalom. See, your evil is on you. Man of blood. Shimei was so disrespectful that one of David's men wanted to kill him. But King David stopped him telling his supporters, Behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more now than this man from the tribe of Benjamin. Leave him alone. Let him curse. The Lord told him to, Perhaps the Lord will look at the wrong done to me and repay me with good. Shimi did not stop. As the king and his people traveled towards Jordan, Shimi went along the opposite side, cursing, throwing stones, and kicking up dust. It is said that Shimi was a prominent man in his community. He blamed David for the deaths of Saul, his sons, and grandsons. But notice what King David did. He didn't retaliate by sending someone to kill Shimi. No, he did not. Instead, he left the situation in God's hand, praying that the Lord will repay him with the good for Shimei's behavior. The coup to dethrone King David failed when his son Absalom was killed in the battle. David was on his way back to Jerusalem to reclaim his throne when Shimei met him on his way, fell down before him, begging for his life. King David told Shimei, you shall not die, and he gave him his oath. Shimei's behavior was unbecoming, but King David intentionally showed him God's love. He could have killed Shimei at any time. Beloved, let us follow the simple adage that genuine love minds its own manners but realize that none of us was born with good manners. As children, our basic learning and training in mannerisms enabled us to learn discretion. As adults, we demonstrate ignorance at a whole different level. We know the rules, but we choose to be blind to how we display them. Now, let's take a moment and read ourselves on how difficult we are to live with. Are you ready? Okay. Would anyone you relate to consider you a blessing, rude, or embarrassing? And for those of us who are married, does our behavior affect our spouse's sense of worth or self-esteem? How do our spouses feel about the way we speak and act around them? That is his home for me. If you felt in the slightest way that other people, not you, need work in this area, you suffer from a disease condition. The disease is ignorance. And the secondary disease is self-centeredness. Do you know the symptoms of this disease? Number one, everything is about you. You are overbearing. You wrap others the wrong way. You are conceited, stubborn, and you always want to do as you please. Those are the symptoms. It is quite possible to think of ourselves as Christians and still be rude and self-centered. When we are self-centered and rude, we breed resentment. We become people who are argumentative and quarrelsome. We are no longer respected or comfortable to be around. A self-centered and rude spouse is devastating to marriage there is proof that they destroy more marriages than any other negative characteristics self-centered behaviors are a cover for our own feelings of insecurity and low self-esteem rather than listening to our spouses telling us how they feel we give them several reasons why they shouldn't feel the way they do And we are so quick to tell them that we are not to blame for their feelings. So what can we do to move from rudeness and self-centeredness to good manners and selflessness? First, we recognize the problem and own it. This is the first and most important step. However, we must differentiate between self-will and a strong will They are not the same. Willpower is among the greatest things we have as human beings. Mature believers do not use their willpower to dominate or crush others. We should maintain a balance between being strong-willed and being humble. Second, we determine the root cause. If we are rude and self-centered because of bad habits, we are easily able to isolate the problem And take necessary action to kill it. Finally, we replace the behavior by allowing Christ to control us. This is by studying the Bible to discover what it says about being gracious, loving, and selfless. Then we start practicing loving others. Believers who are rude or self centered must yield to the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit in their lives. We are to meditate daily on Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 26 which reads the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we are to live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. My brothers and sisters, we can no longer defend our unbecoming behavior by blaming our parents, our culture, and other people. God holds us responsible for our actions no matter the cause. He understands and sympathizes but we must begin to act responsibly by applying all the resources he has given us. Let me pause here for a bit. I don't want you to leave here thinking that insisting on your own way is always wrong. No. No. It simply depends on the situation, our motives, and on the movement of the Holy Spirit in us. And as the scripture we just read says, if we live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. I have another story. Fifteen years ago, I renovated a two-family house into a one-family in Staten Island. I added a a spacious living room, a sizable deck at the back, and dug the basement floor lower for more headroom. The neighbor across the street called the building department when she saw a huge pile of dirt in the front yard. She said she thought that I was digging a tunnel. Tunnel to where? To Nigeria? Go figure. I installed new kitchen cabinets, appliances, and removed the attic floor to make it a cathedral ceiling. It looked great when completed. All my family members loved it, except one. Guess who? After a couple of years, your sister Ella woke me up one night. I like this house. It's nice, but it doesn't feel like a home to me. Brothers and sisters, became instantly dumb and deaf. <laughs> she shook me again. Did you hear me? This house is nice, but something is missing. ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I managed to say, sweetie, I, I think you need some more sleep. Please, please sleep more. <laughs> this went on for months. Our son, Andre, got married to a girl and, uh, that was born and raised in Carmel, and they were looking to buy a house. One day, Andre called to tell his mom about the house that they saw in Brewster, but could not afford. He sure things that we would like it. Who told that boy to say that? From then on, it was Brewster this, Brewster that, Brewster in the morning, Brewster in the afternoon, Brewster in the evening. So Andre called me one Saturday morning and said, listen, why don't you just go and see the place so that my mom can get off your back? I said, good idea, boy. (laughs) It took us a little over two hours from the city to Brewster. The traffic on George Washington Bridge was horrible. I was upset all the way and we didn't talk much about anything. We got to Brewster and the real estate agent was thrilled to meet us. It's like Ella had known this woman for a long time. They were talking. I couldn't stop talking. (laughs) They went into the house talking, and I remember just looking around. Finally, I decided to go into the house as I walk around the house. I just said, "Let let me see the inside of this house. As I walked through the door, I felt the spirit grab my both arms and said, whispering, this is it. I felt so much at peace. All the pent-up anger and frustration disappeared. I felt as if I had been living in the house for many years, something came over me. From then on, I became the one pushing for a closing date, and the rest is history. Look at what would have happened. Look at what we would have missed if Ella had not insisted on having her own way. God is truly mysterious in his ways. We would have missed you guys, brothers and sisters. We are so blessed to have you as family. And Pastor Brian as our teacher and spiritual leader. Ella never lets me forget, though. (laughs) She says to me, now and again, when I'm having a great time with friends and families, look at you. For someone who said, I'm never, 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 never going to Brewster. Look at you. (laughs) This life is something, isn't it? (laughs) Beloved, what is more important to us when we are rude and insist on our own way? To get what we want or to edify others? To elevate our status or to marginalize others? To make us feel important or to be dismissive of others. If love is our goal, rudeness and self-seeking behaviors have no place in our lives. Jesus is our role model and he never treated anybody rudely. He didn't humiliate the woman with the issue of blood even though she sneaked up behind him to torture him of his garment. Jesus did not rebuke her when she she was identified. He told her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Jesus defended, protected, and did not condemn the woman caught in adultery. He drew a line in the sand and said to the Pharisees and scribes, who were ready to stone her to death, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. After the crowd disappeared, he asked the adulterous woman, Has no one condemned you? Neither do I. Go and from now, see no more. The book of Mark describes Bartimaeus' encounter with Christ. As Jesus, his disciples, and a great crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside asking for. He asked what the commotion was all about and when he was told it was Jesus walking by, he began to cry out loud. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was rebuked, shushed, and brushed aside by the crowd. But he shouted even more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus heard him. He stopped those pushing back Bartimaeus and said, call him. Bartimaeus heard Jesus. He cast off his beggar's cloak and leapt at Jesus. Rabbi, oh, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus, seeing this, said to Bartimaeus, go your way. Your faith has made you well. But notice, that this happened even as Jesus himself was on his way to Jerusalem to face immense pain and suffering. Yet, he stopped to consider someone like Bartimaeus, who was a nobody in the society. Let me ask you, my brothers and sisters, when was the last time you were rude and selfish to your spouse, family members, and strangers this morning as you prepared for church and your wife and children were slow to get ready yesterday evening at the dinner table during a conversation Oh, at the supermarket when you brushed aside someone to grab the last item on the shelf before they did oh, oh okay was it at Dunkin Donuts while waiting in the long line for coffee and service was slow I heard a story on family radio. I know you guys listen to all that, but my favorite is family radio. A few months ago, that completely, totally changed my life. It's about a group of young recruits in the US Army. There was this young guy, this young soldier who was always calm and calculated and did his work well. He never got ruffled by the demands of the address sergeant. He rose early to pray before they set out in the mornings and always read his Bible and prayed before going to bed. One day, they had a very tough and difficult day because the dream master was exceptionally rough on them. They returned to their sleeping quarters totally dejected and exhausted. They cleaned up, ate, and settled down to sleep. Before the young recruit went to bed, as he always did, he knelt down by his bed to pray. One of his fellow recruits, three beds away from him, threw his boots one at a time. And this guy who was playing hitting him hard as he prayed. But the young man did nothing but kept praying. Before he went to bed that night, he cleaned and polished the two boots that were thrown at him. He carefully returned the boots to the bedside of the one who threw them at him. The one who owned the boots woke up the next morning to find the boots cleaned up, well polished and placed neatly by his bedside. He was troubled all day not knowing what to make of the unexpected behavior. Later that day, he went to the one who polished his shoes and asked for forgiveness. And he gave his life to Christ. All the other young soldiers heard the story. Many also gave their lives to Christ because of the action of one man who dared to live his faith and hope the love of Jesus. What would you have done? Brothers and sisters, what would you have done? Let us pray. Father God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you Praise for who you are, the almighty God. Father, we thank you for this day that you have made. Master, I lift up everyone here this morning that you touch their hearts, that they receive your word, and they use it, Master, in their daily life to relate. So Abba, your will be done. Your will be done today. Your will be done tomorrow. Your will be done forever. For you are the God of the universe. There is nothing impossible for you. Master, make us the best for you, to live for you. Every day of our life, hearts and minds change, relating to each other as you want us to be and to do. All glory to you, Abba. All glory to you today, tomorrow, forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, will the uh, guys from the men's group come up to the stage, please? We want to do a song for you.
1: I walk through the shadow Your love surrounds me
0: There's nothing to fear now For I am saving you
1: Let's sing this out guys So when I Good morning. Thanks for joining us today at Late Good morning. Thanks for joining us today at Lakeview. If this is your first time here, make sure to swing by the welcome table after the service to meet our team and pick up a welcome gift. If you're newer to Lakeview or want to get to know us, come to a special lunch designed just for you. At Starting Point, you'll learn our church's story, connect with Pastor Brian and Diane, catch our vision, and take the next step in getting involved. Lunch and childcare will be provided, so please RSVP at Lakeview Central online or speak to one of our friendly readers for assistance. We look forward to meeting you at Starting Point. Looking ahead to the upcoming school year, please join us for an interactive evening for families to learn about mental health. This event will explore insights from various disciplines, both within and outside the church, providing a holistic perspective. We're eager to equip you with the tools to have meaningful conversations with your family about this vital and relevant topic. Here's Tara to share more.
2: The words mental health call to mind a host of different associations, especially for teenagers. We're told to safeguard our mental health, to engage in self-care to better our mental health, and to have open conversations about our mental health. But the research into mental health is so conflicting, to say the least, And while it's great to break down stigmas, it can often feel like you need an expert in the room when you are trying to navigate the conversations about anxiety, depression, and even suicidal ideation with your teens. With a new school year just around the corner, we know that these issues and many more are looming large in families' minds. We've teamed up with Access, a nonprofit that produces resources for parents of teenagers to host a conversation on mental health on Friday, August 25th. At this free event, we'll break down the most current cultural trends and breaking research into how mental health is being perceived and what's causing the mental health crisis in the teen population. These entertaining and information packed conversation kits are meant for families to attend together and will give you tools to keep the conversation going around mental health in your own home. If you'd like to join the conversation, just visit Lakeview Central online to sign up and find out more information.
1: After we wrap up our worship gathering, we invite you to stick around for some coffee and bagels. The prayer room just outside these doors is open if you would like someone to pray with you. And we have got to thank all those who have been giving so generously to support what God is doing here at Lakeview. The offering box is on the wall on your way out of this room, and there are other ways to give on our website. If you are a guest, please return your connection card to one of our greeters at the welcome table and grab a coffee mug as a gift to take back home. Thanks again for worshiping with us at lately this morning. We're so happy you're here.
0: Okay, can we stand for benediction, please? Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day that you have made. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. And Master, we commit every need here today to you personal needs, job needs, family needs, children's needs. Father, we know that you are more than able to do all things. Father, have your way with us. Everywhere we go this week, Lord. Master, let us show love to those around us. Everywhere we go, reminding (coughs) ourselves, Lord God, that you are the God of love. And from you, we draw love. Abba, my prayer this morning is that you fill your children as never before with your holy spirit master fill them with your knowledge and your wisdom your glorious power your resurrection power as never before Abba, fill us with the love of Christ the love that surpasses human knowledge Human understanding. And master. Fill us until we are filled to every measure in the fullness of you, Abba God. That we reflect your light. That we are your ambassadors. That we reflect your image. Everywhere we go. Let your light shine. Make us the soul to your earth. The light to your world. Wherever we stand, wherever we sit, wherever we lay our heads. Master, have your way with us. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.